Welcome everybody to the Lady Lion HR Podcast from Happy Valley. My team and I are so excited to have you tuning in today and hope you walk away with a better understanding of HR in the news today. My name is Corinne Hubert and I will be graduating this upcoming May. I have worked in hospitality since I was 14 years old and I'm excited to hopefully pursue event planning after graduation. This past summer, I was fortunate enough to work at the River House at Odette's as an event coordinator intern and I was able to make people's special occasions come to life through the entire event planning and execution process. Hello, I'm Anna Jones, and I will be graduating this summer. I started working in the hospitality industry when I was 18. I haven't been working in the hospitality industry for long, but I've always loved to travel and attend events with my family. I'm excited to pursue a career in meeting and event planning, and this past summer I was an intern at Visit Pittsburgh. Hello, I'm Charlotte Lay, and I will be graduating this May also, and my hospitality passion began early in high school with four years starting in restaurants, continued by another four years during my college career. I am a manager and bartender at Gigi's in downtown State College, and have also been doing that this past summer. My name is Megan Rush, and I will also be graduating this upcoming May. I have worked in the hospitality industry since I was 14 years old, starting at a local bakery in my hometown. I'm excited for what my future holds within the hospitality industry, as I have a focus in operations. This past summer, I interned with Hershey Entertainment, where I continue to work as a virtual reservations agent while finishing my degree here at Penn State. Hi, everyone. I'm the last Lady Lion. My name is Lane Hartman. I'm also a senior graduating in May. I've grown up in the hospitality industry, uh, and I really have a passion for it. I'm interested in combining sports and hospitality together, and I'm currently working with the Nittany Lion Club in their events and stewardship department. So Megan, I actually just saw on your LinkedIn that you accepted a job, so congratulations, and I think now's a great time to shout you out. Do you want to share a little bit about what you'll be doing? Thank you, Corinne. I just accepted a role as a finance MIT with the Four Seasons in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Amazing. Yay. <laughs> I'm excited for that next adventure as we move across the country. So how's the job search for anyone else? Because honestly, for myself, it's not going too hot. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> not going far. Trying <laughs> to network and see what happens. Just continuing to look online and apply to whatever I can. Awesome. Hey, yeah, we're all graduating in May, so that'll be around the corner, but it's a super exciting time as well. So congratulations, Megan. This podcast series is a part of our Penn State Hospitality Human Resource Management class with Dr. Tews. Throughout the semester, we have been learning more about HR and the industry with an abundance of information and understanding that we can take away with us through our future careers. So in today's episode, we will be discussing a few current updates happening within our hospitality industry, followed by an intense debate on a pressing issue on the coronavirus vaccine mandate within the workplace. Today we'll be covering some cool, interesting, thought-provoking topics that you all should watch out for in the HR industry. Corinne, what's the buzz? Thank you, Megan. Um, today I will be talking about something to think about. And recently I read an article from the National Restaurant News titled, Four Reasons Workers Are Staying Away from the Restaurant Industry and What You Can Do About It. This was written in August by Lisa Jennings. And some takeaways I had from it was that people want to stay away from the restaurant industry and Obviously, businesses are combating those challenges, not only from COVID, but with high turnover rates that have gone with it. So now many people are staying away from restaurants because of the pandemic and unemployment benefits. However, what I took away from this article is that 
Um, this is actually not the case, and restaurant workers are staying away because of their disrespectful customers. And Black Box Intelligence and Slangajab surveyed over 4,700 former and current restaurant workers that have discovered this firsthand and seen how hard it is to recover in a post-pandemic world. So this has been an issue even prior to the pandemic, but it's definitely worsened over the past year and a half. Um, the disrespectful customers aren't the only thing because people are also leaving because of low wages and benefits, opportunities in other industries, childcare, and mental and physical health concerns. Um, something we actually learned in Dr. Tuza's class today was that wages and benefits aren't the only reason, but when you don't have them at all, it could definitely be difficult for employee retention, especially during these difficult times with such short labor. Pay has increased because employers are desperate for help, but this leads to a lack of money invested to daily operations, such as maintenance and repair. And in the survey, 28% of the people left for higher pay. We need employee retention, and there is so much more to it than saying how much you will pay. So whether that's including incentives, like we just learned, or making it a more positive and welcoming work environment, there's definitely things that businesses can do to keep employee retention high during the COVID-19 pandemic. And the restaurant industry has become a job candidate's market that we've learned, and people are desperate for help, no matter the experience or enthusiasm. I definitely learned this this past summer in the hospitality industry. Um, you're taking people from all different departments and kind of just stepping outside of what your job descriptions are, and people um, are kind of getting exhausted from that. So this is something to think about. Thank you, Corinne. Here's something cool from my desk as we fly towards mandating the vaccine with Delta. So basically in recent news, Delta Airlines published an article early in September that they are taking a lighter yet more approachable stance to the recently approved COVID vaccine with their employees. They are implementing a $200 monthly charge to all unvaccinated employees who choose to remain unvaccinated beginning in November, on November 1st of 2021. And new employees will be required to be vaccinated as this only applies to existing. This is aimed to push employees to obtain the vaccine by the end of the 2021 year. And employees who contract the virus without having the vaccine are required to wear masks and use their sick days rather than those who are vaccinated. Their sick days will not be used if they contract the virus. Delta ensures their own employees themselves, which raises their risk for those who are not vaccinated. Therefore, them charging employees individually will allow them to also protect themselves as a company. And they hope to carry this on to other airlines as they have an encouragement to get vaccinated without mandating it. It will give Delta an edge on its competitors who have taken stricter stances. And I'm sure this will be a rude awakening for some. Thank you, Charlotte. I thought that was interesting. That's $200 monthly charge for any unvaccinated employees. I feel like personally that would drive me away from the company and I would go look for a competitor to work for. Blaine, what do you have to share today? Thanks, Megan and Charlotte. Here's something everyone should care about. Jobs are going bye-bye-bye. Many jobs lost during the coronavirus pandemic just aren't coming back. This was published by the Wall Street Journal back in July. The article overall discusses the need to hire less people, which would reduce labor costs and move more towards an automation system throughout the different job industries. 
For example, factories are utilizing digital technology and automation to reduce their workforce. In the hospitality sector in particular, this pandemic has allowed for companies to reorganize and condense in size. Hilton has introduced a flexible housekeeping policy, which changes the housekeeping situation from daily service to now every few days. And I've definitely seen other companies adopt this policy as well. And I think this could be incorporated throughout the industry um, in the next few years, few months, and possibly change the entire outlook of housekeeping. Another way things are changing towards automation includes the restaurants industry, which are using tablets to order food and drinks, which allows for less servers to be scheduled. Obviously, you still need servers in general, but it can help lighten the load, especially with the labor market shortage. Um, and that example was through Dave & Buster's. And overall, I think this article is something everyone should care about because as us students, as we all mentioned, graduating in May, um, we are looking to join the workforce. And even those who are in the industry, this job market is going to continue to adapt and look different throughout the pandemic and overall next few months and years to come. Yeah, Lane, you raised some really great points. And something I actually noticed over this past fall break was I went to a diner near my hometown over break with my family, and they only had two servers running the entire dining room. And me, the hospitality instinct in me, telling my family, like, it's okay, just be patient, um, settle down, it's okay. And they weren't really upset about it, but it, we had the option to go buffet style, which that's brought back since post-pandemic recovery. Um, or order on the menu and we decided to do buffet style just to save the servers um, some time and literally the relief that the server heard that we were doing the buffet um, the relief on her face was incredible and I felt so bad that that's what made her happy um, but just it's the little things and it's unfortunate that we have to do that but um, that's honestly across the world today so I think that's something that we'll continue to see unfortunately but Hopefully, there's positive change in the future. Um, Anna, do you have something important to discuss today? Yes. So today, I am going to discuss an article I read recently about discrimination within the workforce. It's called Why Silicon Valley's Many Asian Americans Still Feel Like a Minority. It was published in April, and I found it very interesting because as many people view Silicon Valley as a place that is very progressive in diverse areas for many Asian Americans to work in, within the technology industry, and that's just not the case there. Um, many Asian Americans still feel like they are facing sexualized comments, assumptions based on stereotypes, or performance reviews that are still more about identity rather than their actual performance. And this article stated two studies that Asian Americans are still the least likely of all racial groups to break into leadership in tech companies, despite being strongly represented in the overall workforce within Silicon Valley. So it's definitely something important to look at and focus on not only discrimination against one race, but also discrimination against all forces and making sure that we are all aware of it and trying to reduce it as much as possible within the hiring process and promotions. Megan, do you have something that we should look out for? Yes, I am Megan and I will be sharing something that everyone should watch out for in the HR community. Um, 
I recently read an article where the pandemic and heat create workplace risks, written by Alan Smith. And this article mainly talks about how the pandemic and their masking requirements, where we have to wear a mask everywhere we go, especially in indoor locations now. Um, but over the summer months, we were seeing places that you had to wear a face mask in outdoor conditions as well. Um, so jobs such as working on roofing and construction, those jobs had to wear face masks during work just because they were interacting with other coworkers. Um, this was causing breathing restrictions for these workers, especially in these high temperature climates. Um, some days they were working in the heat with long sleeves and jeans on and their work boots, and it was about 90 to 95 degrees, or it could have been over 100 degrees. Um, due to this, they were seeing a higher turnover rate within employees, and they weren't able to do proper heat acclimation for new employees, as well as the proper breaks. Um, in result of this, there was a death of a man named Timothy Barber in July of 2020, where he had passed away from heat hyperthermia, which just means an overheating of the body, in result of this, OSHA is stepping in and putting new laws in place that employees need more breaks and the proper heat acclimatization during these types of jobs, especially while wearing a face mask in very high temperature climates. Um, as the world is ever-changing, we do need to watch out for these types of scenarios in the HR community. If we are not taking the proper breaks and procedures seriously, we can risk the lives of our employees. Megan, you made some great points. This past summer, I worked in um, South Carolina at Montage Palmetto Bluff in their purchasing department, and I definitely understand the um, need for better work environments, especially given the pandemic, the sweltering heat, and outside activity, physical activity. So I definitely agree, and you made some great points. Uh, actually, going off of that point as well, I have experienced my father works with UPS. He actually just retired um, because of how hard it was to work there during the pandemic, especially in the hot summer. Um, whether you're only masking to go inside, I know this summer there was still some times where you were required to wear a mask outside. So he definitely struggled with that, um, wearing dark a dark color for his uniform and carrying heavy packages. A 59-year-old man, it definitely wasn't easy. So I would say that's something that actually took him away out of the workforce um, regarding delivery and those types of services, just like what you talked about with purchasing lane. Um, so yeah, the impact is definitely evident in not even just the hospitality industry, but it's also all those other physical jobs. Yes, I agree. I know it's difficult just to wear a face mask in all of our classes right now. Um, I know we can't wait to, for the near future when they can go away and hopefully everyone be vaccinated soon that we can get rid of all the face masks and yeah. kind of live in a normal world again. All right, welcome back everyone. We're jumping into our next segment, which is Hot Topics. And as we mentioned, we'll be discussing um, the mandatory COVID vaccine in the workplace and why it is important. So we'll be hearing from both sides, which are Lane and Anna on the pro-vaccine side and Megan and Charlotte against the COVID vaccine mandate. Um, we particularly find this topic interesting because this is something we're currently facing as we speak and it's getting more and more prevalent and it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. Um, so we have to have these conversations and they're definitely something that we can all learn and to take things away from. Um, I have only seen a glimpse of this mandate as it has been a short time period since it started and we are not yet in the professional field. Penn State 
does not currently require the vaccine, which is why I'm particularly interested to discover a little bit more of the reasoning behind law enforcement. In the hospitality industry, it is difficult to do jobs virtually because we are itching to travel and go out to eat and just be back in person and interacting with one another face to face. Um, it's definitely unavoidable to talk about and learn from. So let's jump into it with um, Anna and Lane. You can start first and we'd love to hear about your side. Thanks, Corinne. Anna and I are on the pro-vaccine mandate side. My support begins with mandating vaccines will create a safer workplace environment. If mandated, companies would be prioritizing employees' health and well-being. Some support includes companies are encouraging vaccines, and the FDA has recently approved the Pfizer vaccine back in August, which can help in the reasoning behind mandating a vaccine. I do also want to acknowledge, though, that rather um, than just immediately implementing mandates, the companies should really focus on education behind vaccines and this coronavirus so that employees can make the most informed decision before forcing a vaccine. If companies were not to mandate, more people would be sick and could potentially impact an entire department if not mandated. Personally, I've worked in purchasing and banquets and both of those areas work closer than six feet apart. I know masks are required in certain areas and states, but that still can um, impact the entire company if a department is wiped out. Yeah, Lane, I definitely see that working in the restaurant industry this past summer. Whenever at my restaurant people were exposed to COVID, people would leave for two weeks and it would definitely wipe out a ton of workers that we had. So going off that, the CDC states that after being exposed, you have to quarantine for two weeks, like I just said. And this is causing employers to have to hire more people because we are losing this many employees due to sick time off. But if we do mandate the vaccine, we will end up lowering expenses and increasing revenue for these uh, hospitality industry segments. And the employees are also suffering because of this man or because of not mandating the vaccine because they are being forced to take these two weeks off if they're exposed to, even if they don't want to. Um, so it's definitely beneficial and profitable for both employees and employers. Thanks, Lane and Anna. You both provided some great points about your side, and I'd love to continue learning more. You both seem to have experience at this firsthand, and that kind of sums up your reasoning behind your side. So it was great to hear from you both. Thank you. Now I'd love to hear a little bit more from Charlotte and Megan's perspective of the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Thank you, Corinne. So I know the other side stated that vaccinated employees may result in a safer work environment and lower sick days. But as the FDA approved the vaccine just this past August, it has not reached a 100% effective rate against anyone, let alone employees contracting the virus. It is mainly only to lessen the severity of the virus on a person and limit hospitalization and death. And since the amount of time developing the vaccine was under a year's length, it cannot, I don't know. I agree, Charlotte. My mom currently is fully vaccinated and has been since the vaccines were originally released. And she is currently recovering from COVID-19 and did have a severe case of it. It makes me truly wonder how effective the vaccine is. 
Yes, and that's a very good point, as most people make the case that if you get the vaccine, it's supposed to lessen the severity. And as the CDC states, the vaccine protects people from severe illness and likelihood of hospitalization. And although the approval was this past August, there's no substantial evidence right now that it reduces the effects of the virus on a person or their severity. And only 57% of the U.S. population is fully vaccinated for the coronavirus, meaning with almost a 50-50 comparison, it's hard to relate those two illness rates. I know it varies case by case, but my mom's case was very severe, even while being vaccinated, wearing a face mask, and taking all the proper precautions. And also the ability to determine the effectiveness is minimal and not worth mandating a vaccine that is not easily comparable to those who are not vaccinated and employees in the workforce. Therefore, we are losing thousands and thousands of employed workers over a vaccine that is not even fully understood yet. Yeah, I know there's a lot of question and concern behind the vaccine, and I do see both perspectives, but you firsthand have seen it with your mom, Megan. So how do you see these vaccine mandates affecting employees who refuse to get the COVID-19 vaccine? From an employee perspective, employers should not have a say in the medical choices of an individual. Employees have their own rights as individuals to make their own medical decisions regarding what is going into their bodies. And as one myself being a hiring manager, I don't believe an employer should force a vaccine with unknown long-term side effects upon any employee. I personally have recently read an article on CNBC titled, Many Workers Are Facing Mandatory COVID Vaccinations or No Job, that says, with many Americans still hesitant to get vaccinated, even as the Delta variant spreads, more employers are telling workers that they either need to be vaccinated or comply with rigorous regimens of testing, wearing masks, and practicing physical distancing if they want to return to the workplace. Refusal to be vaccinated could lead to job loss and also make a person ineligible for unemployment benefits. And I totally agree because it may not be ethical to force a person to put something into their body that they do not trust themselves or the result being that they'll lose their job, but it's also hard on the flip side that there are vaccines required to participate in jobs, schooling, etc. But losing their job will have a financial impact on not only themselves, but also the people that they must support. So do companies truly feel okay with making families struggle? I agree. It truly does make you question the ethics of employers and the government themselves. Employers are now giving the employees no other option than getting the vaccine or losing their job with no choice of unemployment. To summarize the pro-vaccine mandate side, Anna and I discussed how overall safety comes into play with employers mandating the vaccine, making the employees and customers feel safer around vaccinated staff and others. I also think the point about um, the less sick days um, helps not only employees, but also the businesses. On a, do you want to share anything else? I definitely think it's important to look at the economic side of this argument as well, because as it is helping both employers and employees, it's also the safest thing to do for our customers and employees and just be able to make sure that they don't get sick. I agree. And I think that the vaccine will give us the fastest route to normalcy and getting back um, because 2020 and these past 
18 or so months have been um, pretty much detrimental to the hospitality industry. And I think these vaccines can help um, get us back in the right path for success. Thank you. So I'm Charlotte and I'm with Megan and we are on the against side of mandating the vaccine for all employees within the workplace. So my main points are the FDA recently approved this vaccine as Anna and Lane have previously stated it lowering the sick days, but we view that it is not fully effective or understood yet. So the amount of time taken to develop the vaccine being under a year's length, we do not feel that it should be put on everyone to obtain it when it's not yet fully effective. I agree, Charlotte. My mom is currently fully vaccinated and she is still recovering from COVID-19 and she did have a severe case of it. It makes me wonder how effective it truly is. Yeah, actually, one of my good friends just reached out to me today that she couldn't make a meeting this week because she had got COVID. She wasn't even thinking that she did. It just so happened that her father did, even though they're both vaccinated. And she did come back positive. Wasn't even planning to get tested, but just did just out of precaution of returning back to campus. Um, so it really goes to show that we don't know too much. I know people are starting to get into the booster shots and all that time frame. So hopefully we learn a little bit more once those are revamped and once people start getting those. I agree. It, it truly does make you question the ethics of the employers and the government themselves. Employers are now giving their employees no other option than to get the vaccine or lose their job with no, no choice of unemployment. Thank you to Charlotte, Megan, Anna, and Lane for sharing both sides to mandating the COVID-19 vaccine mandate in the workplace. I certainly learned a lot and I hope our audience did as well. Um, they, you had some really strong points to your arguments, but I would like to hear a little bit more about how you see, how you see mandates affecting the hospitality industry long term. I believe that the mandates can truly wipe out existing staff. We are seeing the difficulty in obtaining new employees who are skilled. By mandating employees, we will drive away our existing employees, and we could lose them to our competitors, which will set a company up for failure in the long term. All right, Lane and Anna, what have you learned about the opposing side during today's discussion? Megan and Charlotte made some great points about not mandating a vaccine. They really emphasized the um, thoughts behind personal choice for every employee, which I definitely agree. I just think education is also very important so people can make the best decision for them. So I definitely learned a lot throughout the semester with research, researching this topic with you all. Um, so I definitely still have a lot to learn after this class, but I would like to little, hear a little bit about how you will continue learning and discussing this topic as we soon enter the professional workplace. I think one of the best ways to continue discussing this topic is to talk with fellow hospitality workers or leaders about their thoughts regarding the mandate and just figure out what is going on in their company or what they see going on in their lives within the hospitality industry. I believe the best way to continue learning about this topic is just to stay up to date with the most recent news regarding COVID in the workplace. All right, I'd like to wrap up a little bit on a few points. Lady Lions have really enjoyed collaborating throughout the semester about all things HR and hospitality from Happy Valley. We'll definitely continue learning, like you said, and growing as individuals and as a team, carrying all that we've learned throughout this class and outside of this class. 
and moving forward into our future career. Um, hopefully we do get those jobs that we talked about that we need to search for earlier. Um, but just de definitely the takeaways from this class will help us um, keep HR in our minds. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We look forward to keeping you up to date with the latest news from HR and Happy Valley. Until next time, Lady Lions signing out.